It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday, the 15th of August. I'm Emily Ferrier. It's been one year since the Taliban took control of Afghanistan. The situation, uh, rather than improving, has turned the clock back more than 20 years in Afghanistan. And several people were injured after a gunman opened fire on a bus in Jerusalem. When I got to the scene, I saw a few people lying on the floor in critical condition. Times of London Daily World Briefing. It may seem like a long time ago, given everything else that's happened this year with the war in Ukraine, But a year ago today, the Taliban walked into Kabul, having swiftly taken control of other Afghan cities and seized power of the capital and the entire country. We saw desperate scenes in the days and weeks that followed as Afghans tried to flee the country with Operation Pitting at Kabul airport. A year on, and the United Nations human rights experts are warning of a bleak future for Afghanistan without a massive turnaround. Richard Bennett is the UN Special Reporter on the Situation of Human Rights in Afghanistan. He's currently visiting London and has spoken exclusively to Times Radio Early Breakfast about how he feels 12 months on from the Taliban regaining control of Afghanistan. We are disappointed because the situation, uh, rather than improving, has turned the clock back more than 20 years in Afghanistan. And while there are some Uh, relatively small differences between the policies then and now. In general, women's rights are seriously repressed and human rights as a whole. In August of 2021, 10 million children across Afghanistan needed humanitarian assistance to survive. Over 4 million children were out of school, and more than 2 million of which were girls. Richard Bennett suggests next steps. The situation is pretty bleak, as uh, I have said, and and when I joined up with that statement. But I think at the same time, we should look to see where there are opportunities, where there are some um, openings to find common ground. Any kind of sustainable peace needs some agreement about common ground. In 2022, over 13 million children are in need of humanitarian assistance, And secondary school girls are still unable to attend school. One year later, life for children in Afghanistan seems statistically worse. Sam Mort works for the UNICEF team based in Afghanistan. This is not sustainable. We need to think about, um, you know, life into the long term, particularly for children. And children cannot be, um, you know, held held hostage to to politics. So, you know, UNICEF is urging that the channels of communication with de facto authorities are kept open. Advocacy is a priority. And, and we're urging all our donors and the governments to continue funding the humanitarian response. Meanwhile, a new report says the U.S.-led withdrawal from Afghanistan was mired in chaos and confusion and ended in tragic yet avoidable outcomes. U.S. Republicans claim that President Joe Biden's administration waited until just hours before the Taliban took over Kabul to make key evacuation decisions. Moving to Jerusalem now, where several people were injured 
after a gunman opened fire on a bus in Jerusalem's old city. The bus was carrying pilgrims back from worshipping in the early hours of the morning. The attacker initially fled, but authorities have since reported he's now turned himself in. Daniel Kanievsky is a bus driver who was at the scene. And I just stopped in the station of the, of the grave of David. In this moment, start the shoots, shooting. Two people outside I see falling, two inside, bleeding. And the people, everybody, entry, panic. The old city is home to holy sites for Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and has areas in which Palestinians seek statehood, even though Israel deems all of Jerusalem as its capital, a status not recognized internationally. Ambulance services said that there were seven injured in the attack, two with serious injuries and five with light to moderate conditions. Paramedic Shalom Avitin treated victims at the scene. At 1.24 a.m. we got a call on a mass shooting terrorist attack going on at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. When I got to the scene, I saw a few people lying on the floor in critical condition. Three of them were in critical condition and another few that were lightly injured. We also had a baby that we took out of harm's way and all of them were transferred to the hospital for taking care. The shooter has now turned himself in to Israeli authorities, according to police who did not identify him. On the way, an American star has died after a fiery car crash in a cafe with some well-known monsters. Times of London Daily World Briefing. To Egypt now, where at least 41 people, many of them children, have been killed in a church fire, thought to have been caused by an electrical fault. 5,000 people were taking part in Sunday Mass at a Coptic church in the area of Giza, when the fire broke out. It's thought many were killed in a crash as they tried to escape the flames. Siobhan O'Grady is the Cairo Bureau Chief for the Washington Post and described the scene to Times Radio. Hundreds of Egyptians gathered inside and outside a church in the neighborhood of Wada tonight to mourn the 41 people who were killed in a church fire. The dead include at least 18 children, including several members of the same family and the priest. Several caskets were brought in tonight and mourners were falling over them and crying and screaming. We saw one casket uh, that was barely a meter long for one of the small children who was killed. The fire itself may not have caused the majority of the deaths, however, as the fire blocked an entrance to the church and a stampede ensued. Carolos, a survivor from the fire, described the event. <laughs> The fourth floor in the church was on fire. There were children in the nursery, and there was a mass. We are fasting these days, and soon there will be Eid. I don't know if it was an electrical fire or what happened, but there were kids and elderly people. We saved who we could save. We looked up and saw a lot of black fumes in the air. The Interior Ministry said in a statement that forensic examinations showed that the fire began as a result of an electrical malfunction in the second floor air conditioning. To Ecuador now, where an attack on the Ecuador city of Guayaquil has killed five and injured at least 26 on Sunday. Ecuador's Interior Minister, Patricio Carrillo, said that they are investigating two suspects linked to the organized crime, the Tigarones. The explosion on the street killed two women and one man on the scene, while the other two victims died at the hospital. Aparicio Arroyo is a Guayaquil resident 
who was affected by the explosion. My daughter is in a serious condition in the hospital because of last night's explosion. My nephew and cousin are there as well. It is not possible. This could have been prevented. It is not now. If there is police there, they should report it. Ecuador's National Risk and Emergency Management Services reported that in addition to the casualties, eight houses and two cars were destroyed by the attack. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the first winner of the FedEx Cup, here's John Jackson. After finishing runner-up four times, American golfer Will Zalatoris has finally won on the PGA Tour. The American claimed the first leg of this year's end-of-season playoffs, the FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, Tennessee, on Sunday. The Texan finished level with Austria's Sepp Straker at 15 under par after 72 holes, meaning the pair went into a dramatic sudden-death playoff, which Zalatoris finally claimed at the third extra hole. Americans Brian Harmon and Lucas Glover finished tied for third on 12-under, with seven players, including Spain's John Rahm and England's Matthew Fitzpatrick, finishing on 11-under. Zalatoris now goes to the top of the FedEx Cup standings, ahead of this week's penultimate playoff event, the BMW Championship in Wilmington, Delaware. The tour champion after the three playoff events will take home 18 million US dollars. The Times Daily World Briefing entertainment. American actor Anne Hesch was taken off life support on Sunday after suffering severe injuries nine days prior, after her car sped out of control and crashed into a house bursting into flames. Hesch was pronounced legally dead on the 12th of August, but was kept on life support until a compatible person was found to receive donated organs. Hesch starred in several Hollywood films, including Donnie Brasco and I Know What You Did Last Summer, but struggled for decades with the fallout from a troubled childhood. She was also part of a groundbreaking same-sex couple in the 1990s, when she dated comedian and actor Ellen DeGeneres. The two dated for more than three years before Hesh ended the relationship. Hesh said in an interview with Page Six Entertainment that she was blacklisted by Hollywood because of her relationship with DeGeneres. And finally, Stranger Things fans in Tokyo now have a place to feed on demonic pasta and rock out to retro 1980s tunes in a pop-up cafe that was inspired by the Netflix sci-fi horror drama. With replicas of shops and sets from the show, patrons can snap Instagrammable moments with the show's signature Demogorgon monster while snacking on squid ink pasta arranged like the monster's head or waffles craved by the star character Eleven. This pop-up is another in Tokyo's long tradition of themed restaurants and cafes, with a plethora of unique experiences for patrons, including being served by ninjas, exotic animals, and vampire-inspired cuisine. Stranger Things continues to be in Netflix's top 10 shows in Japan since the release of its fourth season in May. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Monday the 15th of August. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.